Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. The parts, the object of awareness, they are non-existence, existence, non-existence. So right now there's no sound of the bell, non-existence. Sound of the bell, existence. And now no sound of the bell, non-existence. So whatever arises in our body and minds are parts. If you can recognize them, they are parts. They non-existence and they come, they exist for a while and then they become non-existence again. Feel it in your body. The sensation, they are are parts, object of awareness. Then realize the one who's watching, who's experiencing whatever is arise, the one who's experiencing is the loving awareness, the whole, and the characteristics of the whole is existence, existence, existence. So right now, the hearing capacity is existing, existence. I can hear my voice. I can hear the sounds of the car. So the hearing capacity is existence. Now it's also existence. The hearing capacity can hear the sounds of the bell. And now still existence, even though the bell has, the sound of the bell has dissolved, but the hearing capacity is still here. It can hear my voice. It can hear the birds chirping. It can hear other people, the neighbors outside. So the hearing capacity is always here. It's before the sound of the bell, during and after. So we, Embrace the sound of the bell as a technique to realize this hearing capacity, our loving awareness. And we rest in this loving awareness. The one who hears, the one who experiences, the one who knows.
So whatever thoughts, emotions, sensations arise in your body and mind, they arise in the same way as the sound of the bell. We, all we need is the invitation to embrace whatever arises and re recognize this knowing capacity, which include the thoughts, yet more than the thought. And, it, and this more than is the key to our freedom as we don't have to react to the thought or whatever is arising. Continue to rest in this loving awareness. Now we can bring this practice into our daily life practice. And especially the topic for today, which is to bring in <clears throat> the voting, the proposition, the current environment that we are living in. And we bring that into our daily life to see if loving awareness can include everything. The one that we like, and the one that we dislike, can we include, can we have love and awareness include everything where everything become the content arising and passing away within this infinite container of love and awareness. So let's focus, let's imagine <clears throat> in this current environment where we have <clears throat> something that we like, like a particular candidate that running for political office, a 
particular proposition, particular issue that we like, that we're passionate to bring in. So we'll, we'll go into it. Imagine that your mind is going to it, the particular candidate, the quality that you like, particular proposition, the meaning of the proposition, how it will help the goal, the philosophy that you believe in. Go, go deep into it as if you're deep into it, as if you're activists that bring it in right now. Imagine you're doing that right now. You experience that or you're talking to that particular individual or you're promoting that. You're talking to someone else about that particular candidate, about that particular proposition. Imagine you're doing that right now. Something that you're pro, that you want to promote. And now feel into the body sensation. When you like something, where do you feel it in your body? The feeling that you like can be, for me, it can be an open space in my chest, open space in my belly, the throat, wherever you feel. Feel when you agree with something. What does the sensation feel like? And where is it? Now you embrace it. So the pleasant sensation is pleasant. It's a feeling of Agreement is pleasant. So it comes, it stays a while, and it passes. Or it comes as a particular location in the body. It's localized. So it has a boundary within, in the, within the space dimension or within the time dimension. Space is particular location in the body and time because it has a birth, stays for a while and death, beginning and ending. Notice that and embrace that in the same way as you embrace the sound of the bell. So we're shifting from the outer thoughts to the inner body sensation from the particular candidate particular proposition, which is a thought. Now we shift to where in the body do we feel the pleasant sensation, the agreement. As we react at the body sensation, so we need to shift inward. and loving awareness to just 
agreement, the presence in this. And our meditation practice is to include everything that's arising, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. We welcome the agreement and the disagreement. We welcome everything with loving awareness because loving awareness helps us to include them yet more than them. And this more than is our key to freedom because we can include everything because we have expanded our consciousness to become bigger and bigger and bigger. So now we can go in to include the one that we dislike, the one that we don't agree with, the one that we have preference not to go along. So let's imagine the candidate, the proposition, the environment, things that you are not satisfied with, the frustration, the anger. Allow them to come up. Imagine you're right in deep talking about a person who you disagree with or something that goes wrong that is not socially accepted. the racism, the red tape. So imagine you dip into it. You're talking to someone about that particular candidate running for office that's not fit for office or not, or you don't agree with, or a particular proposition that you're fighting against, particular environment, social justice that you're fighting against. Good. Imagine it occurring right now in you. Imagine you're deep into it. Go deep into it.
Now feel into the body sensation. Where do you feel when you have disagreement? When you're frustrated, when you're irritated? It can be a constriction in the throat, in the chest, or the throbbing in the belly, or tightness in the shoulders. A clenched fist or just notice just in, in the example, feel free to use your own example. Where do you feel when you're dissatisfied with something? When you don't agree with something? Now shift from the outer form, the thoughts, the candidate, the proposition, the social environment. Now shift to the inner form, which is the body sensation, the tightness in the chest, the throat, the belly, etc. Because we are reacting to the inner form, the body sensation. So we need to shift and then we embrace the body sensation. So for example, the constriction in the chest is just, it's a form, it's a, just a part. Just like the sound of the bell is limited in space, which is the chest, the boundary of the chest. And it's limited in time, which is has a beginning and ending. Notice in the, the parts. But love and awareness is more than the part. Love, similar to the sound of the bell, the hearing capacity is more than the sound of the bell. Similarly, love and awareness is more than the constriction of the chest. It's more than the disagreement, more than the frustration. Continue to embrace whatever frustration, tightness, constriction arise in your body. And rest in just loving awareness. The one who knows, the one who accepts, the one who embraces.
now if we can embrace both now our practice is to include the agreement allow the agreement to arise in you shift from the thought the outer thought to the inner sensation from the particular thought about a candidate to the open space in your belly embrace that and now shift to the one earlier it was the agreement now shift to the disagreement the thought about a particular proposition person that you disagree and then they embrace the constriction in your chest And the neutral one, the one that you need a like or dislike. Now we embrace everything with love and awareness. The agreement can be like similar, similar. The, the agreement can be the left hand. The disagreement can be the right hand. They may be opposing with each other. But loving awareness is the whole body. It loves both hands. And in this loving awareness, we can approach everything to when we talk to others, when we interact, we can include the differences and the similarities with love, with acceptance. We may play different roles. We may even have opposing roles. Yet in loving awareness, we are oneness. We can accept with unconditional love. So the different roles may be indiv individualities, different individualities within the love and awareness that include the differences in the, among the individuals with love, acceptance, and kindness. Another metaphor, individuals are like the drama on stage in the theater. We can have different drama. We play different actors and actresses opposing each other or agreeing with each other. But the spectator in the audience can include everything with love. And you know that that's just a drama. And you have this oneness that includes the drama, yet more than the drama. And from this vantage point, we can apply it in everyday life, in our family life, our work life, our personal life, our inner life. Yes, different dramas, but within the oneness of the loving awareness of the audience. Rest. Continue to rest in this loving awareness of the audience.
and embracing whatever drama arises on stage. And know that you are only playing a role and you can, you're not confined to that role. You can change roles if needed. And you can accept the opposing role with love and awareness. as we are transitioning back to our sitting position, transitioning back to our Dharma talk and later on transitioning back to life, our daily life, we can continue to rest in this loving awareness. Our outer forms, our thoughts are going to be different. There's thousands of different thoughts when we're transitioning back to our Dharma talk and then eventually to our daily life at work at home. So a thousand of different thoughts, different environment, sensation. But when you shift from the thoughts to the body sensation, there are only two that we, we need to worry about in the body sensation, either the pleasant sensation, which we cling on to, and the unpleasant, which we aversive to. And then, and actually the third one is a neutral, which we tune out. And so thousands of different thoughts, environment problems, but we can, if we shift into the body, it's only two problems, the pleasant and the unpleasant. So we can do that. And once we shift into the body sensation, the application is the same for our sitting, sitting meditation versus our daily life. We embrace both the pleasant and unpleasant and realize that we are more than them. We include them yet more than them. And just more than is our place of refuge, our wisdom, our clear seeing. From this clear seeing, now we can use the agreement and disagreement as our instrument instead of being controlled by them. And in this love and awareness is where we all connect together. It's our oneness. Continue to rest in this oneness of love and awareness.
thank you for allowing me to share the sitting practice with you. I appreciate for your kind attention and we practice together. Now I'm going to turn over to our guest teachers, Hakemi, Tenya, Tenya, uh, Katie, and Marciala. Thank you for coming and sharing your Dharma talk and your application of our meditation to our daily life and to our current environment. Thank you. So I'll turn it over to maybe Akemi. <laughs> sure, I, I can go first. Unless Casey, do you feel yeah. moved to jump in here? Oh, um, I mean, either way. Okay, yeah, I can start us off. Um, first, I, I just wanna thank you, David, for that meditation. Like it was so, for me, like it felt very, very timely and needed in these weeks coming up to the election that <laughs> is stirring a lot of difficult feelings up for me and I'm sure for others in this room. So thanks for that. It's, it's a beautiful reminder of like how this practice really is cultivating the skills that we need to heal this world. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you everyone for um, having us here at your beautiful Long Beach Sangha. Um, I and Casey and Mariella are all facilitators in training with Inside LA right now. I'm also the volunteer coordinator on staff at Inside LA. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to, to be here and to share a bit of my own personal journey um, coming into my political practice and discovering how um, my spiritual practice is completely inseparable and intertwined with, with the political. Um, so I would love to share a little bit of that with you all. Um, when I was doing David's guided meditation right now, I was reminded of um, my phone banking on Wednesday for a proposition that I feel uh, David, I think like I'm getting a little bit of echo in, I think, I think it might be your audio from like, I can hear my own voice. Like, so if you mute yourself, that might be a little better. Thank you. Um, great. Thanks. And I, I was actually able to use my mindfulness practice when I was on the phone talking to voters about this initiative. Like if someone said something that I totally disagreed with, I took a moment just to feel into that anger, into the, those difficult arising sensations in my body. Um, so I just noticed it and that was helpful in and of itself. And then I created a little bit of space between me and my reactivity um, and invited some curiosity, just saying like to myself, oh, like, I wonder, you know, what, what about the entirety of this person's life circumstances would lead them to believe this really different thing that I believe? And just, you know, inviting a little bit of um, like curiosity and, and kindness and, and lightness in. Um, 
to kind of distance myself from this, this like anger that, you know, a former version of myself would have just like gone on the attack <laughs> with this person. And of course that wouldn't have, have really solved anything. Um, as I'm sure a lot of us are kind of realizing as we're having political conversations with people who, who might believe different things than us. Um, yeah, it's just something that I, I've been realizing more and more is, you know, by cultivating mindfulness and being able to act from this bigger place, not just, you know, getting sucked into the little parts that David was describing. Um, but really being able to see people who are different from us um, as, you know, as, as more than just, just this, the story that we have in our minds of them, but like disrupting that and expanding um, and, and really treating them with, with love, with love and with compassion, like that, that act disrupts this sort of like psychic, like substructure that's like under all of like, modern society and systems of, of just like, you know, separation, um, that's disrupting that story. And, and, you know, every time that we act from this place of anger and, and judgment and kind of like, oh, how could you, um, and shaming other people, like that's just strengthening that psychic substructure of war that is currently wrecking havoc on the entire planet. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's just my immediate response to, to what we just did in, in our meditation. Um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I, I grew up in Orange County um, in a, a beautiful suburb called Yorba Linda that was very privileged, like upper middle class. Um, I didn't really, I was pretty shielded from, um, from a lot of the, 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 the ways that people are suffering in, in our greater world. Um, I got hints of it because you know, I'm Japanese American and my family, my dad was, you know, incarcerated in, in the camps during World War II. Um, my family has experienced a lot of discrimination in, um, in this country. But for me personally, like I had a pretty good life and it wasn't until I got to UCLA that I met people who were, who came from different places than myself. And I realized, oh, wow, like this is a, this is a messed up world that we live in. <laughs> um, and it was really my friends that came from these other these other places that were not as economically um, as privileged as as my my city that you know they explained like for example um, the struggle to even attend a university because of many factors including like the cost um, tuition at the UCs has skyrocketed in the past you know ten plus years twenty plus years. Um, I'm sure a lot of you might know um, back in the 50s, like when my dad went to UCLA, tuition was free. It was completely free to attend to attend university in California. Um, and in my second year of school, tuition was uh, raised by 32%. And a lot of my peers were struggling and had to work multiple jobs, um, and, and, and we're, you know, we're afraid of, of, of being kicked out, um, of, of having to drop out of school. So I joined my friends because it was affecting them. So it was affecting me. And we went to the regents and we protested. Um, we went to the state legislature. 
legislature, we told them, hey, like stop cutting education um, and your budget. And so this was an early lesson uh, I learned um, in college is that, you know, we have all of these, these problems that are happening. Like one, one example is just is tuition increases. And, and so it's important to look at the root causes of those phenomena. Like um, I was told that, hey, like there isn't any money in our in our budget in, in the California budget to fund schools. That's why we have to keep cutting K through 12, cutting the UCs, cutting money from public services and increasing taxes. And I'm like, how could this be? You know, we have like the fifth largest economy in the world. Um, and so I did some investigation into the root causes and I and I learned that California has a structural revenue problem because of this proposition called Prop 13 that passed in 1978. Um, you see some, some head nods and recognition. Um, and it was passed as a way to protect homeowners who were struggling with skyrocketing property tax rates. Um, and it capped those, the, the, um, the, the tax rates at 1975 levels um, and said only when you change hands of your property does that tax rate get reassessed. So it, it helps, you know, folks who are on fixed incomes, you know, afford property taxes. So that was good. Um, but it, what people didn't realize is that it also applies to commercial property. So Disneyland, for example, is still paying that 1975 tax rate. And it's actually like five cents a square foot, eight times less than an average homeowner. Um, Chevron is another example. All of their gas stations, oil fields have not been reassessed to market current day rates. Um, so all in all, we're losing out on $10 billion a year that used to fund our schools, that used to fund our parks, our libraries, our social services. Um, so that was like, like a huge realization for me. Um, and I was like, well, shouldn't we fix this, this, this property tax law and, and have these corporations start paying like market values um, like they do in every other state? They get re regularly reassessed in every other state. And, um, and people told me like, let, you know, legislatures told me, hey, this is, um, this is the third rail of California politics. Like we can't, we don't touch it. We don't talk about it. Like, cause we're afraid of the, you know, the corporate lobbyists who are going to come after us. Um, and so I was like, all right, all right, this is how it is. Um, yeah, I'm going to play the long game. So I started with a few other friends who were um, activists in the, um, in the, 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 University of California Student Association. We were all representing different UCs on this on this collective student um, organizing body. And so we started a campaign to educate students about this. Um, after after college, I was an, became an organizer with a nonprofit that was like raising awareness about this and did that for many years. And now this reform is actually on the ballot um, and we're all going to vote on it in a couple of weeks. So it's it's really exciting. It's called Prop 15. Um, I'm sure some of y'all have already been reading about it and it's um, a reform to that original Prop 13. It's gonna keep protections for homeowners the way that they are and just 
look at the the commercial side, um, it has it has exemptions for um, commercial land valued under three million dollars, and it just goes for those those bigger um, those those bigger properties. Um, and I think actually 92% of the revenue generated from this is coming from like 10% of commercial landowners. Um, and that's going to generate 10 plus billion dollars a year that we can reinvest into, into schools and services. So um, it's, it's exciting that, you know, all of the momentum from all of the organizers for over a decade have, have come to this. And so I'm really excited about it. Um, so I hope folks can can check it out, and if, if if it seems to vibe with your values, then then definitely vote yes on on Prop 15. Um, so yeah, so it was interesting how my um, sort of journey with this initiative sort of mirrors my political spiritual journey as a whole in looking at what the root causes are. Um, of a fee increase, the root cause is this revenue, this revenue structural issue. Um, and then what's the root cause of all of our problems that are um, caused by destructive systems, like the root cause of poverty, of homelessness, of racism, of you know corporate greed, of climate change, of um, you know brutal policing and harmful harmful prison systems, like all of these like these like political social issues that are like destroying our communities and destroying the planet. Um, after the 2016 election, I had to take a pause on my political organizing because I was, I was just so frustrated with these like incremental policy changes that were really just reacting to um, these external like manifestations. Um, of, of these like deeper rooted problems. Um, it's like, if we have a tree, that's, that's humanity, like the health of humanity. I, I see like these policies as being the leaves, like the very outermost manifestations. And I, I didn't want to work at that level anymore. Um, I just knew there was something deeper that was calling me. Um, and I found it in spirituality. I found it in the Dharma. Um, I found it in, in this deep truth, this deep knowing that all of us, I'm sure, have experienced through our practice, that we are not separate. We are not separate individuals in this this alien world of of competition um, and 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 other um, trying to compete for scarce resources. You know, to um, to have for ourselves and, and hoard it for ourselves. It's not about that. It's it's about our it's about how we're all inseparable. We're all in interconnected. Um, we, we are cells in, in this body of, this beautiful body of Gaia. Um, it's something that, you know, indigenous people know. It's something that our ancestors knew and something that we've just lost as, um, as a civilization. And, you know, I, I, I really started to see how, you know, the money system, for example, um, is it encourages hoarding because it money appreciates over time. So it encourages people to hoard their wealth for themselves. Um, I, I saw how the education system encourages competition. I see how our political system encourages, um, you know, this us versus them polarization. Um, 
and and in and, and fighting and I see how all of these systems that we have, all these institutions are really rooted in the story of West, that West, Western civilization has been carrying out for such a long time of, of the separate self. And so I'm like, okay, so the healing, the healing is deep here. Um, and the healing is the outer, the outer reflections of, you know, of scarcity, of greed, of judgment, of control, like those are a reflection of our inner states, you know? And if we can change the story for ourselves at an individual level, at a community level, at a, hey, me talking to my parents level, <laughs> me talking to my neighbors level, me talking to my coworkers level, you know, then we can actually, then the external most systems can actually transform as well. Um, and so that was, so this has been like an amazing realization for me of how it's all connected, how the practice is relevant to transforming, um, you know, a damaged and hurting society and world. Um, and that brings me a lot of comfort, you know, cause it's just, it, it shows me that what I'm doing in my spiritual practice, like really does have, have ripple effects, but but also we can't just do it on the cushion and then, you know, go out and, and forget about it and like not know how to integrate it. Like it, it's, I think for, it's, it's all about um, how we relate to one another. And so that's why, like, I love David's meditation so much because it really is a great example of how, um, how to bring that inner awareness into our external interactions with, with others um, so in a way, like the political polarization of our time is an amazing, is an amazing challenge for all of us. It's an amazing way to put, put this practice into, into actual, um, to actual interactions. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's about all that I wanted to say. Um, I just, I think that what we're doing here and cultivating beautiful sangha together and um you know sharing how how we're we're doing this work of like disrupting these stories and and acting from love and compassion like this is the work that we need to do um to heal and and just to strengthen strengthen that muscle of of love so thanks everyone for for your presence for your practice um and i'll let um Mariela or Casey or Taya, take it over from here. So thank you. Cool, thanks, Akemi. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there's kind of like this, this theme developing that um, that David started us off with with uh, with his meditation of of inclusivity and um, and and integration and and I think that that's that's really become like the heart of of my um, of my mindfulness practice and and it's really become kind of like the defining. Um, 
teaching of of Buddhism for for me personally, and um, and and also it's it's really like defined how I um, how I bring and 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 incorporate politics into my um, into my into my practice and into my into my understanding of of, of Buddhism, and and I think like when I when I first started. Uh, practicing meditation. I've, I've been working with this practice for for a little while now, and uh, I, you know, I, I I had this this like initial like really like uh, powerful experience with 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 meditation, and and um, and I was able to like really like slow down my breath. I was doing like these deep breathing practices, and I was able to like slow down my breath and and have these these like profound. Um, experiences of, of 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 presence and 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 focus really like i was just like really able to to focus my my mind and and sort of like block out like all the all the bullshit and like the thoughts and and just i was just like getting into it and i was like oh okay like this is this is what it's all about you know like now i i got it now now i'm good like whenever i'm having <laughs> whenever i'm having bad thoughts i can just like focus my mind and it might take me like five or 10 minutes, but I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll get into it and I can just um, move all of that negativity or, you know, as, as David put it, all these things that, that, that towards which I experience aversion, I can just kind of like move them off like a, just like a, a um, like an energetic snowplow, you know? And, um, and that didn't really, it wasn't sustainable. I mean, that just approach was, was like not sustainable for me. And, um, and so, you know, it took me a long time. It took me a long time to sort of like move away from, from this idea of, of, of like laser-like focus. Not that the focus can't be a, a powerful tool in our, um, in, in our practice, but, um, but it took me a while to understand that this was like just one tool in my tool bag right and and was not necessarily like uh like the 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 defining um the the end to my to my practice and so and 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 also my you know and so my my practice has 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 developed in, in a big way and also like the the way that that I that I like engage with with like the the community um, around me and 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 like teachers has changed in um, in, in a big way and, and I've been been noticing in, in like the last four years or so um, all of like the 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 teachers the main teachers who I who I connect with and. And, and who I've um, developed like a, a, a relationship with, and 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 the, the teachers who I who I uh, really like confide in and and look to, um, are have all been um, women of of color, um, African American women, and um, and that's not something that I that I did intentionally, but that's that's like the the direction that that my uh, that that my understanding of, of, of these teachings has, has moved in. Those are the people who are, who are communicating these, these, these ideas in, in a way that, that speaks to me. And, and when I, and, and so like these teachers now, they, 
Um, they're, they're very different. They, they, they look different. They speak differently. They, they relate to students very differently from, from the teachers who I, who I worked with when I was, you know, in my, in my early 20s. And I think about how, like, um, the sort of defining idea um, when, I, when I first started practicing meditation uh, was this idea of, like, be in the world, but not of the world. And maybe that's that's something that's like a, an idea that you all have, have heard, um, that you've heard like so-called like Buddhists talk about um, and um, like be in the world, but not of the world, right? And and, and, I, and I guess like I, I, I get it. And, and I suppose that's like one way of, of looking at this practice, but, um, but I have this, this image that comes up uh, around this idea of being in the world, but not of the world. And, and it's of like me, you know, like this, this me, this, this, uh, this, this like fixed identity, like moving through a space of like cold, hard, like fixed others, right? Like trying to like navigate through and, and around um, these, uh, th these like fixed objects, right? Like everything else is, is just like uh, human beings and, and, and like everything in, in like my environment is just like objectified. And, and like, I'm trying to like dodge and like bob and weave like through this, um, through this, this, this world and um, of, of others. And, and that's not like, I don't want to like, I don't want to live that way. And, and, uh, and that there's just like no warmth, there's no connection, there's no, there's no community, there's no, like David was talking about, there's no like larger space within, within to, to, to like, uh, to move in and to, to like engage with the world. And so I think that, you know, if anything, I wanna be like more of the world I want to be like deeply of the world. I want to be like fully of the world, and 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 I think that that's that the the more that I can like be of this world and and like open to the world, the more like clarity that I have, and the more I can I can navigate um, skillfully. And so I think that that's where politics comes into it into into the into the picture for me. Um, it's hard, it's hard to, to be like in, in this society and in, in this country and, and like not relate to spirituality in this like puritanical sense, like, 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 um, puritanism, what's the word? Pure, yeah, the puritan, the puritan, um, like approach to, 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 to spirituality, um, just like colors like and, and, and influences so much of, 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 of what we do and, and, and how we how we are spiritually and and, and like politics um, and, and and like power you know like these are things that are it's it's difficult to see them as as divine um, they're just seen as it's it's as as being corrupt or being like dirty and um, and obviously, like we got a lot of corrupt politicians, and maybe all of them are 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 at least a little corrupt. 
Um, but you know, we, and, and so great, you know, we got a lot of work to do. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm into it. And, um, yeah. So, so I guess if we can, you know, like, like power is, is something that certainly can be like a corrupting force. It can be something that people who have like gained or found themselves in, in, in like a place of, of, of position and power. It can be something that they use to oppress and something that they use to, to hold on tightly to what they have. But it can also be for like the disenfranchised, for the oppressed. This is like a, a, an energy, a balancing energy. Um, it's, a um, it's something that, that is used that, that the, the, the disenfranchised and the oppressed can, can use to, to bring, um, like skillfully can use skillfully to bring, um, a larger sense of, of, of balance to not just to, to like them as individuals, but to their communities and, and to society overall. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just like my pitch to, to like, let's, you know, let's, 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 let's make, let's bring this in. Let's, let's make spirituality or let's make power and, and politics part of, of, of our spirituality. Cool. Thank you. And, and again, yeah, thank you all so much for including us in your, uh, in your community. I wonder if I should go next or your friend, Casey? No, sorry, you can go. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you everyone. Thank you, David, for the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful meditation. I think it comes kind of like what Akemi said, very timely, right? We are definitely in a, in a world in this moment in which it's a lot happening. <laughs> so we can use some being in loving awareness with the other, with the person that we see as the other that we don't agree with or something. So, well, thank you for having me here. My name is Mariela and I'm also one of the facilitators. And um, I'll just, briefly share, it's gonna be a little bit of, along with the personal story and how also mindfulness has helped me to navigate these times, life in general. And they say that a lot of people that come to the practices because they have a great deal of suffering. And I know that was for me. Um, and we're talking a little bit about politics in a way and because if it's a Sangha and I'm feeling a little bit more safe to share that I am an immigrant, I am a DACA recipient. And it didn't come easily to say that, to, to just share what label I have in society, although that's just the label because I'm happy to be in this country. But if anything, we're all just humans, right? <laughs> but we're here and that's what I get to have as a label for now. And Definitely Dharma, 
the teachings, mindfulness has allowed me to navigate these very uncertain times, you know. Um, I share it that suffering is what got me, what brought me, what how I discovered the Dharma, mindfulness. And it wasn't necessarily just because it was, because it was political, because it was of an immigrant, right? However, it, came, it was actually a big part of my suffering. Big part of my suffering was because I actually, actually, it's so funny that I can even mention that, but it was my father passing away, me having to step out as a, you know, the oldest person in my family, my mom losing her job, we being immigrant, couldn't work, having to figure out something. And I have this really big desire, honestly, of going to school. My father, if anything, they told us, he's like, go to school, you know, be better than us. And I come with a very big wall of, you can't go. You can't, you don't have the money. You don't have the status. And, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't move forward. And so I had a great deal of suffering and it was very hard. She was very difficult times in my life. And had a lot of difficult emotions and I found mindfulness and I start having and finding perhaps a little bit of more just understanding that that was just the human experience that I was having that humans you know I had trauma growing up and it was just all kind of compiling in one thing and how could mindfulness help me to navigate this great deal of suffering that came from the different labels that I had in society, the different things that happened in my life. And how can I come into a place in which I have a greater understanding um, that that's what I got to work with in this life, in this moment, in the moment that I was back then. And um, I started to kind of what, you know, David was leading us into that, I was bigger than my story. I was just bigger than all these different things that I've been told that I felt like I was. And um, I was not separate than the person in front of me for a very long time. I think I can relate to what uh, Casey said on, when, on his sharing that I started to, in a way, I used the practice. I don't know if that happened to any of you to not necessarily numb myself, but it was just more of like indifference from me to the other to the person and I gotta work with myself and it was just very like linear like I have this perfect tool to just come into balance and just kind of bring neutral neutrality to my feelings and and that worked for a little bit but it was not long-term sustainable because I noticed that I was just being separate you know I was just in a way also numbing or using the practice to just find neutrality to my life with no you know when it was low it's not low and it was high it's I, I just didn't enjoy life and the full you know the wholeness of it and so through the mindfulness through the practice of mindfulness I started to you know finding more perhaps equanimity finding more compassion for myself found I started to just ground myself and be more living my whole experience as a whole and finding a lot of curiosity. I think that's what helped me a lot. And 
kind of tighten all of this back to what we're talking into these political times. And I used to not be like, this is probably the second time I'm coming and sharing, but being more open about my immigration status and to, uh, you know, predominantly uh, Caucasian community. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like it was important. I didn't feel like my, perhaps that my story didn't matter. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make any difference. And then I started realizing that part of finding this, you know, kind of balanced place in my life in which I'm able to own these labels just for the sake of being alive in this world, in this society, in this country, in this moment. But I'm also not that. And how do I move all these different parts of me and being more active, maybe kind of what Casey said, being more of the world and being a voice for others, because I'm not the only person in this country who is a DACA recipient. I'm not the only person in this country who didn't have opportunities. And I'm not the only person in this country who, when elections come, I can't not have a say on the elections, you know? I don't, I cannot go and vote for someone. I cannot say yes to a proposition. But perhaps me sharing and coming out maybe encourages people to, to know that when you are voting, when you are choose, you're not just voting for yourself, you're voting for many people who don't have a say, who can go and do that for themselves. And so starting to bring in more of this activism within me, I guess, is kind of new. I was scared for a very long time to do it because it just felt like the eyes were going to be on me. Like, how, what would people think of me, you know? Would they like me? Would they dislike me? And that's, again, all of the different stories that I had on my mind. And how do I bring all these different qualities of curiosity? You know, there's no other. There is, in a way, we're all kind of one. Yeah, we're all our own little world. And the best I can do, really, is what I can be said, is to work on myself. And by working with my own complexities that I have on this life, in this moment, bringing curiosity, using these non-judgmental qualities, being with kindness with myself, with kindness with others. You know, it's through acceptance, really through acceptance that that's what I got, that I'm able to just navigate this world, I guess, with a lot more equanimity. The more that I accept that this is what I got, the more freedom from suffering I have in this world. And I just share a very brief story to kind of end in, you know, kind of being, when I moved into the, to America, I grew up in Santa Barbara, a very um, white predominantly, but very rich community, very, very privileged community. So I, in a way, grew up sheltered of what the rest of the U.S. really looks like, what the rest of the people in the U.S. look like. And as I started just kind of venturing more out of Santa Barbara, this very beautiful city, moving to L.A. now, traveling around the U.S., I traveled once to uh, Washington, D.C., 
And, you know, growing up in an immigrant community, there's a big of like, oh, they don't like us. Americans don't like us. They want to kick us out. This is a particular group of people don't like you. They just literally want you out of their country. You're taking their resources. You're, you're just taking over kind of a thing. And for a little bit, you know, when you just grew up here in this, you internalize those things. But mindfulness has really helped me to even notice those different things that I started internalizing. And as I started traveling, I went to Washington and I started, I already had a, a, a little bit of, you know, mindfulness background. And as I was traveling the, the city, I saw so many different monuments and I started noticing how I believe what I believe because of where I was born, where I was raised, the community I had, the different things I had. And I had the great privilege to have been exposed to mindfulness and that when I went to these different places that people think very differently than me or maybe look different at me because I had a different skin color or I went into a store and I was speaking Spanish, um, I noticed that I just, it was so beautiful to see within me how I had less judgment because I'm like, it's not really them. It's just because that's what they got to live with. That's what they were born into. That's what they're being teach, you know, they're feeling that this represents them. They're feeling like, oh, we got a very patriotic people. And I started just having a lot more understanding. And I just felt how having grew up in, you know, in Santa Barbara, in California, in my city, oh, you don't like, and going to these different cities, you know, communities, I, I felt like there was no them and there was no me. It was just that we just happened to grow up in different parts of the city, in different parts of the world. And we perceive the world differently. Yet, there is not a reason why I should judge them. If anything, I just had a greater understanding that, if anything, maybe I could be more compassionate towards them. And without so much hostility, uh, we can just talk. We can learn about each other. We can have curiosity about what you think the way you think, you know, why I think the way I think. And that it's just, it just happened to be that grew, grew up in different parts of the world and that we have different skin colors and we have different hair types and we just speak different languages. But that at the same time, that's the beauty of, you know, the big world that we happen to be born in this time in life. And so I just wanted to briefly share how mindfulness was a big part of my journey into coming to love and acceptance for myself for you in front of me on the screen I don't know you but I feel like I don't need to know you story I just need to know that you're also another human being who has different difficult days you know some days you're happy some days you're not some days you like your partner some days you don't but that's just part of being alive that's just part of being human and that you know if you have the opportunity and if you already did you're, when you're voting, you're voting for people like me who cannot have a vote at this moment. And so I thank you, I bow for your practice, for being here, for listening to me and for standing for so many people that cannot go and do what you do, which is a huge privilege and, you know, to take care of your privilege <laughs> um, in the benefit of all. Thank you.
Hi, everyone. Um, thank you. Thank you all for sharing. It's been so lovely just hearing other people's stories. And there's been a lot of different pieces I've connected to myself. Um, my name is Taya Boidoku. I'm in many ways just a student. I'm a student by trade. I'm in college. I'm a student of a lot of the Dharma. I feel like I'm a student of you all just hearing you. Um, and I'm just going to speak just a few words on how I see voting for me personally as a tool towards liberation. Um, I introduced myself with my first and my last name, Taya Boidoku, um, which is something new for me because I've had a particularly political life. Um, my parents were both immigrants to the United States. They both came for college. And so much of the laws that have been passed in each voting cycle have very much affected my life personally with my family and my education system. I'm, uh, I'm from the Northeast of the United States and I've been in a lot of different public private education systems and each vote that we cast really has an incredibly strong ripple out um, just into the daily lives of everyone in the country. And, and it's, so, it's so incredible to me to be hearing these stories because a lot about like immigration has really like struck a chord with me. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say a little bit more about how the kind of story of the world that a lot of people are given is one that is very much aligned. I think Akemi said this, but um, with scarcity and having like nothing and how the world is hard and how the world is tough. And for a lot of people in the country, that's the only image they get of the world. And I think that's something that attracted me so much to the Dharma and to learning and to meditating was that the first time I kind of got a glimpse of a world that was not in opposition to myself and my existence was through meditation and being able to really like feel and connect with the idea that maybe the world is not this big nightmare that I need to constantly fight, but instead that like I'm a part of the world and the world's a part of me and it's really beautiful. And there are, there is hardness and tension, but that's just, that's something that's in the mix. That's not the entire idea. Um, and so for me, that's really manifested itself in, in a lot of political activism. Uh, when I first started kind of hearing about politics, it was very much like immigration centered. And then it went a lot into public education. This, this kind of discourse on how education gets funded was really, really important to me because I grew up in Philadelphia during the point where schools were just closing their doors because of the way that our tax laws worked and the way that our funding kind of came through. There was no art, there was no music, some schools, there was no science. And there was just, it was just constantly a, a shut door mentality. Um, and then I, we moved to go to better schools and then the discourse really came around police brutality, um, which is a lot of what my work focuses in now as a university student, kind of disconnecting this kind of strangely intertwined system we have, at least in uh, Philadelphia, universities of having the police commission and our deans and our faculty kind of in really close quarters and um, a lot of what we're doing is kind of un unwinding those dials because we believe that in spaces of education there really there shouldn't be room for violence violent reinforcement that sort of population control um, because that really that system we have in place really really reinforces this idea of separation 
and this idea of a world that is built to be fought in in a world that is constantly against, constantly oppressing. Um, and so voting for me is in my practice and how I think about politics and how I think about my role in the world has become just this huge source of like liberatory power. Like this is how I can concentrate all my feelings and all like my really knowing that the world is not this place of constant battle, like constant turmoil is to go and like say that, like to go and put it on my ballot. I'm lucky enough to be someone in my family who was born in this country, who doesn't have to, who can vote here, um, who doesn't kind of have that, that little uh, suffix of alien attached to my name on my forms, that I can go and I can do this in the polls and I can know that I'm doing something that aligns with my spiritual beliefs. Um, and then I can really do a lot of work to continue to educate myself each and every day about that. Um, and my really, my big goal is just to kind of constantly be in this period of liberation because there's so much we can work on. Like I said, there's, we can work on policing. There can be education. There can be how property taxes are done. There's all this work to be done. And so each time we vote for me, it's like this period of like, how do we re-liberate and give power back to all these different people who've had it taken from them for so long? Um, yeah, that's just, that's why I think it's so important. That's why I'm so happy to see so many people here, so many different people, different age groups than me, because uh, a lot of my work is really just with other university students. So I'm happy to see like other people care. Um, and this is something we're all working towards together as a collective. It brings me so much happiness, but that's really all I had to say. And I really thank you for making this space, uh, for making this space when I could be a part of and being so open and real and raw and actively engaged. Thank, thank you so much to Akemi, Mariela, Taya, and Casey. Thank you so much for bringing your wisdom to our community. And it's the application of meditation is the, the importance of our practice. And you have uh, kind of shared the practice and how to bring it to the, our daily lives, to our inner world, and how we are interconnected together. And uh, in this interconnectedness is our practice is a place of wisdom where we can have the clear seeing so that we can see ourselves, our role in society, and our preference, and we can act according to our preference, but in the preference come along with our conditioning and from the vantage point of loving awareness, we can choose a preference, but we don't, we can see that whether this preference brings a certain conditioning and we can either use that or drop it. It's our freedom to either use it or drop it. So that now our preference, our conditioning become just an instrument instead of becoming something that controls us because we have the vantage point of whether to choose it or not. And your other guest speakers have helped us in seeing this loving awareness of our interconnectedness and, and that's our place of freedom. Thank you so much. And are there any quick questions for our guest speakers before we go into the Dharma Cafe uh, moderated by Don? Any I just questions? wanted to simply thank all of you so much for sharing your, your stories, your personal and spiritual stories on the path. 
and sincerely feeling the interconnectedness that we all have. And none of us are well till all of us are well. And I felt that today with all of you. Thank you. I also want to say thank you. And I could very much relate to your stories about um, how you were when you first encountered the Dharma and how you kind of wanted to use it. I think Casey, you particularly talked about how you kind of used it to, and Mariella also, to kind of just get yourself straight and not be thinking about the, the world, but then realizing that you wanted to be in the world and, and make a difference. So I, I could very much relate to that. And it was very nice to, to listen to young people talk. I, have, I was wondering if um, anybody has any additional ideas, additional what Akemi said about Prop 15, um, any other specific propositions that they can connect Dharma practice with. I'm curious what the young people think about Prop 25 because um, I'm hearing, you know, I'm surrounded by a circle of progressive folks in my family and my friends and um, the older people, and I was one of them at first, were saying yes on Prop 25. And um, then the younger people are, are telling me no on Prop 25. And I feel sort of caught between a rock and a hard place because um, I know often with these propositions, they're not perfect. They're like, there's, they're a fix for some things, but then they create other problems. And so that's where I'm kind of stuck because I feel like I do want to fix the idea of um, bail, right? I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's discriminates against uh, poor people, but then they're talking about these algorithms and how harmful these algorithms can be. But then I think to myself, well, this is like, it's a first step. So shouldn't we just pass it and then work on that stuff later? So I'm I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Hey, Shannon, thanks. Yeah, I've been um, doing some phone banking with, um, yeah, I, I guess it is like in part, like the youth are, are sort of like anti-Prop 21. And, but, um, but also, um, yeah, like also, you know, communities of, of color are also really coming out in, in opposition to Prop 21. And I, I've been doing some phone banking with some Black Lives Matters or through some, some Black Lives Matters and um, uh, coming out against Prop 25. And for, for those of you who don't know, Prop 25 is, is, is bail reform. They're getting rid of bail and, and basically replacing it with um, what they're calling risk assessment technologies where like they like plug person's information into a computer, into an algorithm. And it, it, it says like whether or not the person is, is um, the risk or not. And, um, and which is, it's just problematic in itself, but also now like the, the judge ultimately has the final say on, on whether or not this, this person is, is a risk or not. And, um, and that just, in my opinion, puts like an incredible amount of power, the power over, over a person's life um, into the hands of, 
of one person into the, into the hands of a, of a judge um, who is who's most certainly biased and um, and uh, yeah, and and I think that that as as far as to to speak to the issue of um, you know of whether or not like maybe this is a step in the in the right direction and we can keep doing the work afterwards. I think if anything, like what this proposition will do if passed will really like um, be a major impediment in the in, in the conversation and in, in the effort to to really address the issue of pre-carceral incarceration, of, of having people locked up who, who are not, who have not been convicted of a, of a crime. Um, politically, when, when we do something like this, when, when, when we pass a piece of legislation, um, that to, to, to address like a, an issue, it kind of just like ends the, we, we, we as like a society, we kind of think like, okay, like now we've figured out this problem, now we can, move on to the next thing and so um so so if, if, if prop 25 passes i think it'll it'll really be a major roadblock in in our effort to bring real systematic reform and really start um decreasing in, in a significant way um our, our incarcerated population as many of you probably know like la has one of the highest incarcerated populations in the country. so yeah that's my thoughts i mean i could a lot about you know the I can speak a lot more about it <laughs> but um but yeah in the interest of time that that's my pitch on uh on prop 29 i, I want to encourage the language of the dharma invite people vote no on prop 25. so does anybody else have any other comments about the ballot initiatives um i thank you very much for casey for and coming for cami sorry for um Giving your insights on those things. Um, obviously, well, at least I'm trying to figure this stuff out. You know, maybe other people like that. But um, yeah. Um, well, I sealed my ballot. I was excited. I finished everything. I thought I did my due diligence on the on the prop research and all that, all the initiatives. And oh, now I heard from you, Casey, and. I thought that that was a step in the right direction on, you know, a real positive, uh, bringing some equanimity, I mean, to that socioeconomic, really, really big inequity that the, you know, money bail system perpetuates. But now I see that it continues to be biased in other ways or, you know, or having, and this is what's always, I feel like very challenging in the way that the initiatives are written purposefully in an ambiguous way. So it really takes a lot. Uh, so I have some <sighs> Yeah, but thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, also, I guess I just also wanted to thank the, oh, and I see Taya. I left, but I really wanted to thank you all so much for your authentic shares today. And I mean, I just felt so deeply, deeply um, benefited from everything that you shared. So thank you. Yeah, I'd like to echo that as well. Um, it's uh, awesome to see 
the future and the young people. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm an old dude. I don't look as old as I am, but I am. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. Um, and Don, I was just thinking about, um, I had attended a retreat this past weekend and one of the one of the speakers talked about how the Dharma and the practice of mindfulness ultimately can help us to hold complexity because none of these issues are simple and none, we don't know, we, we don't really know. And so, yeah, I could kick myself for voting one way and things turning out to be the other, but it's just like, never give up. Like even if, <laughs> even if something nudges something in a particular direction and then we have to nudge it back the other way at some point. Um, I don't know, I just really appreciated that comment that um, this is all too complex for us to really know. And, um, but we can, we can go do what we think is right at the time. Yeah, and I guess also thinking about what you said, Casey, thanks, Don, that helps. Um, what Casey, Casey, yes, is that, okay, was saying in regard to the conversation stopping when, you know, this, we can work as, as students of the Dharma to be aware of that tendency um, that the conversation stops and then shine the light on awareness of that, knowing that, that that's a part of human behavior, but it doesn't have to be, right? So that what is our role then in balancing that tendency? How do we like, use our power in a way that, right? If we have that understanding, which others don't or become numb to like, okay, well now this is done, let's go to the next issue because I think we see this over and over. Um, short attention spans. So, yeah, I also uh, just really appreciated the frequent reminder David Lee gives us when we are trying to make decisions, you know, besides exploring, educating ourselves, becoming aware of this and that, always that checking in with our, our bodies. What are we feeling? What are we sensing when we're about to make a choice? So that helped me a lot to just, you know, always, always be going inside to check in because of that, you know, inner wisdom and create some space in myself, you know, to help guide in my decisions. So not that that's always easy, but to, to just stay connected to that, that part of myself that, that I hope I can trust more and more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there's any um, problem at the at the root, at like the root of of uh, you know, our, our um, political struggle, 
uh, it's it's short sightedness, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> or like economic, or or just you know, as as like human beings, like are just like at the root of of like our suffering. It's it's like short sightedness and 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 just like a, a small sense of, of of self. So yeah, I mean for sure, if 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 like this you know new information has has come to light on on this. Um, you know, this is by no means the the end of the of the conversation around criminal justice reform or or, or prison reform and um, yeah, I'm still conflicted about Prop 25. I mean, I, I I'm still like working it out in in, in my own mind and in a lot of ways. So I'm sure that that will continue to my understanding of of like. prison reform and criminal justice reform will continue to, to develop over the rest of my life, for sure. Who put it on the ballot, Casey, do you know? What? Who put it on the ballot? Who sponsored it? It was sponsored, this is, I mean, this is like another, <laughs> another like problematic element of this. It was sponsored, I think, by by like a few different people. But one of like the major groups that that sponsored Prop Twenty Five was the union that um, uh, that includes um, the probation workers, because like now instead of people, instead of like all these people, instead of like being put into prison, now they're just going to be put on probation. Um, and, and like the probation system is, is in many ways, um, like almost as, as problematic as, as, the, as, as like the jail, um, as like county jail. Uh, and, and so like the, their, um, their organization or whatever you want to call it, um, like those, those workers, they're going to have like a lot more um, power, right? The, um, the, the probation. Uh, institutional have like a lot more power if Prop 25 is passed. That says a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Good question. Yeah. I appreciate it. I need to wish everybody well. Have a nice rest of your Sunday. Thanks for your feedback. Well, thanks a lot, Richard. Appreciate it. Bye, You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.